we're hearing from men on a topic that men traditionally don't talk about. Yeah. And before it was like, how do you feel? I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like I'm watching football. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, how do you feel? I feel like women should have a lower body count. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Maybe you just go go. back to watching football. Um, But instead it's like, okay, well at least you're saying it out loud and you're reflect. That's kind of like what Barack Obama did. Mm -hmm. We were in this illusion in America that we were a post-racial society. And then Barack Obama comes into power and then people are saying crazy shit and it causes this great divide. And, but it's necessary because now you actually hear the truth and you hear yeah. from people who felt they were silenced before. So is it a little cringy what's coming out? I think in this like miss this inspiration to be honest and the validation people are getting from their communities. Yeah. But I hope that it settles out and that it equals out to like a better end result. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Hafiz. Chris, the star of the show, baby. Yes, 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 yes. I thought I was going to have to fire somebody today. Oh, man. You got to <laughs> stop. You got to chill, Fee. You got to chill, man. But we are here. Yes. We are in the lovely Los Angeles, and I don't want to do a long introduction. No, nah, no, nah, we should. We got to give these people as much time as possible. We got to give them as much time as possible. But I'm going to do a long introduction. <laughs> Here's... I, I, I told... I told sharing this a couple months ago when we talked. I said, one time you said something to me. She said something to me. You're not, you're not here yet. I'm doing my introduction. Shan said something to me. And I thought to myself, there is no way, if I would have thought about it on my own, mm. I could have came to that conclusion. Okay. And I realized that the different way she views the world unlocked a new way of me seeing the world that without her sharing i would have never been able to come to this perspective Mm. and meeting jared i feel the same exact way i was like yo i'm learning things where if you just asked me to learn this i would never come to those conclusions Mm. so what i've come to love and appreciate about these two amazing people is that you're by talking to those who view the world different from you you're able to learn so much more, not only about society, mm-hmm. but about yourself as an individual. And I, that's why one of the values of the roommates is a diversity of thought. You don't have to, you know, believe it. You don't have to accept it, but listen to those who are different than you process, receive what you want to receive, reject what you want to reject. But the, at the end of the day, we have to be able to have these conversations. And I'm excited for the more aha moments tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I hope you guys are blessed. And without further ado, welcome back to the show. My two favorite people. <laughs> it was Andrew, hey! Sam Booty and Jared Brennan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. How are we going to top that uh, intro there, man? I don't know. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> <laughs> How you guys doing? Man. Doing good. Love yeah. LA. Yeah. Love LA, man. Love the scenery. Every time I come here, I'm like, man, this, this, you, you, you get vision. This is amazing. It's, it's better real- than Miami? LA? Views? Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I love beachfront property. And you got, you got, and you have you, it here. We talking about? You have it. Uh, 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 <laughs> but it's warm. Yes. It's warm out there. Yeah. It's so. warm water in Miami, right? Is that true? I never I been. been I actually never went in the water in Miami. What? I'm serious. Can man. you guys not swim? I, I swim. Can. 
Respect. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I grew up. <laughs> on the beach. Why, why would you not go to the beach? We just never made it, bro. Like, like as an adult, I just never made it there. I want to go. Where wow. you make never, it there? But we never made it inside the oh, water yeah, yeah, to the yeah, beach. You guys went there in your like socks and took the socks off and walked on the sand. <laughs> I don't even think we made it to the beach. No, we, we did. Remember, we took John Mark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like twenty minutes. <laughs> we were there. Hey, John Mark, there's the beach and. Right back in the car, and we yeah. had to drive a seventeen-hour trip. Home. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and we ain't gonna wow. talk about that story. That was a tough story. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it. it sounds like it. Yes, <laughs> Shannon, Jared. I mean it when I say this, man. I, I, I'm. I had when I came to LA, I had to talk to you guys, man, because I think it's just those conversations unlock a whole new perspective. And so I want to begin tonight's conversation because it's been a year since we last talked. Really? An yeah. entire calendar year? Not an entire calendar year. Okay, but, but somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, it's like 2021. It's been a while. Nine months, something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 11, yeah. It's either gonna... March or last time we talked. Had to be March. Yeah. Had mm-hmm. to be. Wow. Yeah. I want to know what's going on in you guys' life, and then we'll then we'll jump into the ocean. Same old, same old. <laughs> same old, same old. No, we've we, uh, we just been busy. You know, you guys came in February. It's Shan's Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes. Aligned with the real Super Bowl. You yes. know, Valentine's Day is coming up. You know, still loving relationships and uh, trying it. to just talk about them. I love it. I have a podcast that came out. Oh, yes, That's right. my yes. massive yeah. joy. Jared's podcast is continuing to grow. Yeah. And our family is growing. I think everything... We got to a place in our life, maybe two, three years. I mean, that's vague. That's vague. We're getting a puppy. I don't know. There you go. There it is. We got to a place in our life, maybe two, three years ago, where we're just like, we just want more of what we have, mm. not something different. And my dad always gave me this quote that happiness is not getting what you want. It's wanting what you have. Mm. And Yo, we wanted what we had. Down. But we wanted more of that. Yeah. So that's, I think, the same path that we've mm. been on, which is really blessed. I love that. I love that. I love that. So I want to do a State of the Union at the beginning. And then I want to dive into some specific topics that Chris and I have been talking about and very interested in. One of the things I find fascinating is that you are a, a scholar of love. And as a scholar of love, you and Jan are, uh, you and Shan, you and Jared, <laughs> you and Jared are in a unique space where you guys consume everything. You consume stuff, you know, the pro-feminist stuff, you consume the pro-red pill stuff. You guys are an all in between. I love that about you guys. I want to know, a year later, has the relationship between men and women got better, hasn't gotten worse, or has it stayed the same since the last time we've talked, in you guys' opinion? You want to go on that one? I, I, I'm, you know what? I've, I called Chris this morning or this afternoon and we were talking about this, that I genuinely feel like I'm missing a massive piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. in my understanding of the state of things right now, because I obviously have an audience of mostly women and mostly coastal uh, college educated women. Mm-hmm. And also I'm uh, Bumble's sex and relationship advisor. So I'm privy to all their stats. That's, that's a multi-million uh, person dating app. So, and then I work in TV, but a lot of, of TV probably does have like a democratic, you know, white educated slant to it. Mm-hmm. So I, what I'm noticing is that a lot of the information that I have is very different from the information that is presented, I think from, I, I wanna say like 
the the men's dating space side. I had a conversation with Kevin Samuels last week, and what was both fascinating and frustrating about that dialogue is that not only did we necessarily have different perspectives, we had different statistics. Mm. Um, So that's where I think it's tough right now because it's hard to get to a middle ground when we can't even agree on where we're at right now. Mm. So I want to say a call to action for myself because I don't feel like I'm prepared to answer this question because I think I have to do a better job of really listening to the individual experiences of the other side. Mm. Because also sometimes when you hear the gurus or the leaders summarize their community it's not actually reflective of what i know and what i experienced so Mm. i actually asked chris for this if i could have uh, an opportunity to connect with your audience to have a listening session Mm -hmm. just to hear the various experiences to get to know who those people are but from my vantage point because of that things really haven't gotten better because i don't know if people are interested in doing that i think people are still which is not a bad thing people are still on the high of being heard Mm. that's new Uh, People are on the high of being heard and they're on the high of having a community who backs them in a space where they may have felt like a failure, may have felt lonely. Mm. So it feels good to have a bunch of people around you who are saying it's not you. Mm -hmm. And because that only relatively happened, let's just say the past year and a half or so, I do think we're still riding that wave. But I I think it will come to a crescendo shortly. um, And I want to do my part in helping to make sure that it does. Mm. Yeah. So many layers to that. Yeah. I'm going to let that answer stick. Uh, But from what I've experienced, I don't really talk to a lot of people on the internet about their personal dating life. But I haven't seen a change as far as the bridge being gapped. Mm -hmm. I haven't really been seeing a change of like women feeling like they're being heard by men or men feel like they're being heard by women. So... Has it gotten better in the last year? I don't think it has. Mm -hmm. And I only can say anecdotally from the friends around me, they're all in relationships. Mm -hmm. And they were relationships from a year ago. So, But our single friends are still single. But our single friends are still single. Mm -hmm. Like the the ones that we do have, they are not in a relationship. And so I don't know. I'm not sure if it's gotten better. I don't think it has. I'm so curious, Mm -hmm. Shan. I would would love to be a fly on the wall in that conversation with you, you and Kevin. Um... What would you say were some of the stats that you guys felt like you guys were getting different numbers on? Well, he was just explaining things that were not reflective of my reality, you know, in that most black women don't make as much as black men or most black women have more debt and less earning potential. Um, Majority of women want to get into a relationship so they can stop working. So it's a lot of those realities are not reflected yeah. at all. And then even like something as simple as I was talking about golden penis syndrome because I was on the doctors like maybe a month prior and that was the topic. Hmm. And golden, golden penis syndrome actually comes from this book that's called Datanomics where mm-hmm. Daniel, not Daniel Berger, but um, the author of that book is a New York Times economist and he mm. got involved because he's a number cruncher. Mm-hmm. And so he was trying to help people understand why the dating market is so skewed and slanted and essentially what he found is that there is a massive shortage of educated men Mm -hmm. and so it started off at this uh, college where the sex ratio was four to one for every four straight women there was one straight man who enrolled that year i also have been to various places i went to coppin state university which is a hbcu Mm -hmm. and i promise you it was like 10 to one there Mm -hmm. um so i that reflected well in my experiences and he was basically just talking about what ends up happening is because Like in a city like New York, the ratio is off because people are looking for someone equally yoked and there's Mm -hmm. more educated women than men. And then now there used to be with the queer community anywhere from, let's say, two to five percent per community. But now in major cities, it's up to 12 percent, like 12 percent of men in New York identify as homosexual. Mm -hmm. So there's just a shortage 
in general of straight, available, uh, financially stable men. And so that's what's throwing the market off. And then Kevin's reflection to me was, well, most men don't go to university because they're noticing that even if they go, they come out and because they're not making those big flashy jobs or fig figures, they're not getting women. Yeah. So that's so different from the stats and the information that I just got. So that's where the imbalance kind of came for me. Mm. No, I think so. What I love that you did, and I think it's, I think people need to understand what you just described, how impactful it is, is you sat down with someone who shares a different view, worldview than you, and you listen and you process. That's why, to me, you're on a whole different level than everybody else. Guys, unfortunately, all the, especially the men that I've seen in today's society who are in this space, they don't ever hear the women and actually listen to what's going on because they automatically assume we have all the facts, we have mm. all the information. And so what I love about you, and, and, and that's a part where, I mean, you really humbled me in your humility because you're seeking to learn so much, which why I think you're just better. Um, but what I've come to realize is I'm a big numbers guy as well. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I'm a big numbers guy as well. And I, and I begin to realize that a lot of the numbers are very, they're skewed and they're subjective at times. I, mm, I like it. Mm. I love them. But the more you get deep into the numbers, the more you realize how subjective things are. So, for example, like Kevin is right. Black men, on average, earn more than black women. I think it's clear as day. White men, on average, earn more than white women. It's clear. I think a lot of those things are true. But under the age of 30... You know, when you have that young college educated woman who has no kids, you know, who's graduated, that woman, I would argue in the black community under the age of 30, they make more than the men. Mm, I would argue that. Mm, but I don't think there's a lot of objective data that actually analyzes that. Um, so I think a lot of times the numbers only show one side of the story. And mm. unless you're really trying to find the answer, it's so it's so easy to see just one example and simply just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. And so another example of that would be is like with, with obesity. One of the things we were always talking about is like guys were saying like, you know, women aren't in shape, women aren't fit. But when we, we and Chris were looking at the data couple, yeah, in, in every community besides the black community, the men are have a higher obesity percentage than the women. Yep. And the black community is like, if the women's like 80, the men are like 75. It's like not even that far, but yeah. it's so easy to just share one side of the story. They appreciate where you 60, 70 percent. Yes. Here, but you don't have those other numbers. And what I've seen is a lot of there's not many people from the women's perspective besides yourself who are so into the data to be able to create a balanced perspective when it comes to numbers. And even when the guys hear the opposing side, they're so trenched in their worldview, they're not willing to accept new information. So we're gonna take a quick pause from this week's episode to talk to you guys about our amazing sponsors over at Skillshare. Skillshare is a one-of-a-kind online learning community where you can learn all types of skills from creative to design to business development and so much more. Men, the reviews are in and people have been experiencing transformation from Skillshare because Skillshare has so many practical courses that you can take today that can benefit you, like how to find your purpose course, like how to start your business course. There's so many things available for free right now on Skillshare. So go to Skillshare.com slash roommates to get your first month for free of charge. 
Skillshare.com slash roommate. Guys, don't just be someone who's constantly complaining about life. Take it into your own hands and build yourself up. Get the skills to become the best version of yourself. Skillshare.com slash roommates. You'll thank me later. And let's get back to this week's episode. Yeah, yeah. It's about the discernment. Yes. You have to be able to discern in the internet and take all the data or not just have confirmation bias. But being like, I have this feeling. I'm going to look for the numbers that support this feeling. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, you got to take it all in. But the other thing, they don't take it all in, you mm. know, and that's where even going back to the original question, I either feel like it's either the same or it's gotten worse. Mm. You know, I don't see any active positive moving forward on either side to really bridge the gap of this, you know, man versus woman thing in relationship because they don't want to discern. Well, they, I think this is the only time in, a, I think, a long time where there has been two sectors of the Internet and podcast wise right mm -hmm. there's the men's side where the men are expressing their feelings and what they feel about it and then there's the women's side who are expressing their feelings and what they feel about it and there's a big like divide yeah. yeah i don't know if you guys saw that tiktok trend of all those girls making fun of male podcasts no i missed that oh one. man they were ripping us they was yeah. ripping yeah yeah man yeah. I, I gotta see i know yeah. we all yeah. i know we all it's, pretty, fun. it's, it's pretty, pretty funny i'm not gonna lie oh, they man. were ripping us but it oftentimes with comedy you get to see a social commentary. Yeah. And you get to really see how women view the way men feel about the dating market. Yes. And they just make it, they're ripping it. Yeah. And so I just feel like there's a <laughs> there's an obvious time where there's all these opinions coming out that are just conflicting right now. Mm -hmm. And so I could see what you're saying and where it's getting worse, but it's just out here now. Yeah. But this is the thing is like, I think of like uh, the six stages to a breakup and you kind of have to go through that period. You go through that despair and freedom phase where you're like, okay, I'm free, but I'm also in despair because I'm alone. And then you go through the phase where you actually have to hate the other person yeah. oh, in yeah. order to rebuild. Mm -hmm. And then you have Women to untangle that, that chain and figure out, okay, what exactly is going on? And then from that point on, you think about bond reformation. So mm -hmm. I kind of look at these all things as not that bad, to be honest, because as much as we're hearing a lot of men, we're hearing from men on a topic that men traditionally don't talk about. Yeah. And before it was like, how do you feel? Oh, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like I'm watching football. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, how do you feel? I feel like women should have a lower body count. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you just go. go back to watching yeah. football. Yeah. Um, yeah. But instead it's like, okay, well at least you're saying it out loud and you're yeah. reflect. That's kind of like what Barack Obama did. Mm -hmm. We were in this illusion in America that we were a post-racial society. Yeah. And then Barack Obama comes into power and then people are saying crazy shit yeah. and it causes this great divide. And But it's necessary because now you actually hear the truth and you hear yeah. from people who felt they were silenced before so is it a little cringy what's coming out i think in this like miss this inspiration to be honest and the validation people are getting from their communities yeah but i hope that it settles out and that it equals out to like a better end result i think the only way that i can foresee it balancing itself out is if the individual who has feelings know that they're still in process like this is not the end and a big thing that we've been kind of like toying with over here on this side is is sometimes having terrible thoughts but still understanding that the thought is not over yeah and it's just in process we just have to continue that thought and sometimes you need somebody around in your circle or somebody else that can help you guide you through that thought so that you get to the other side so you know if a, a man's saying i want a girl with a low body body count 
then it's like, let's continue that thought. Where's the root? Where do you go from there? Where is it actually stemming from? Why do you want that? And, and then, you know, we can continue the thought and figure out if that's a valid way of feeling or if that's a way that's just kind of distancing yourself from other women. Yeah. yeah and I, I feel, I, I love everything that you shared and I put the onus on the leaders of both sides of the community. Yeah. Like you have to actively lead in that movement to actually bridge the gap better. If it's more of just the same, it's still going to just go away. Mm. They got to have some kind of awakening and, and reaction where it's like, okay, no, I see what they're saying. We got to come together as leaders. You leader on one side, leader on the other side. Let's all come together and bridge the gap together because the leaders are the ones going to really push the movement forward. We cannot just wait on the audience to do it and hope they do it. If, yeah. they not, if their leaders are not going to do it, we're going to continue to move apart. Yeah. Or, or there's just more voices that get put in the mix. True. You and know? we got to hope them voices come out of the, yeah. you know, the yeah. established yeah. leaders, you know. Yeah. I love that about talking to you guys last time. You gave me that aha because you were talking about how for a long time men felt they couldn't voice their preferences. They couldn't voice some of their basic desires around intimacy mm -hmm. and how that was not leading to healthy intimacy. It was actually leading to um, a lot of inauthentic relationships or people who just decided to be lonely because they didn't even know how to speak up at all. Mm -hmm. So I think it's nice in my, in a, in a way, you know, to, yeah. to don't get me wrong that there's now a place, but then now what we talked about this cause you go to watch certain people's videos to see other, the other group getting torn apart mm -hmm. yeah. because it feels good. It's like watching, you wanted to be a singer and you couldn't, and you watch Simon Cowell say someone else's shit at singing. And there's something inside of you that's just like, it's not just me. Yeah. And it feels good, right? Yeah. But then do you keep going back for that hit of dopamine or do yeah. you now think, okay, well now that I know it's not just me, I don't have to personalize it, but that doesn't matter. Now where's my jump off point? Mm -hmm. So do you think that people are getting tired of being validated and now they're ready to jump to not, action? Not yet. Not yet. So one of the things, I, I have this crazy theory about the rise of the bottom. So I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this one, but I remember I looked at, in the year 1920, I believe there was like, 1920 or 1910, there was 1 billion people on this planet, estimates. Mm -hmm. Now we're about eight, getting close to 8 billion. 7.5. 7.5. So we've got, gained almost 7 billion people in less than a hundred years. Mm. Fact that to the equation, humans been to get, humanity's been here for tens of thousands of years. Some people believe hundreds of thousands of years. So you go a hundred thousand years, one billion, then less than a hundred years later, seven more billion. Yeah. So now all of a sudden in the past where if you said 10% of people are at the very bottom of society, right? Before, in a population of a million, that's only a hundred thousand. Mm. In a population of a billion, it's only a hundred million. Now you've seven X that. Wow. So now you have so many more people who are in the bottom rungs of society than ever before, men and women. And bottom is just everything socioeconomically, you know, facial attractiveness. There's just a lot of people at the bottom. And is there also by nature a lot of more people in the middle and at the top? There's more people at the top, yeah. Okay. But the reality of life is that those those who complain the loudest are usually people who are suffering the most. Mm. And the individuals who are suffering the most I've seen are usually people at the bottom. And so what ends up happening is that that's why the messages seem so cons like constant. And then the people at the top, the people who are the happiest, a lot of times are the most silent. I've noticed that a lot. 
a lot of content creators who are in healthy, sorry, a lot of people in healthy relationships, they're not like you and Jared. They're 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 silent. They're just living their lives. Their yes. Instagrams are private. They don't want nothing to do with this world. Yes. They're not sharing videos, showing their children and everything. They're silent. Mm. So you have the, the top people who are silent and then the bottom individuals who are the loudest. And so that's so now in when you're a person. You know, I'm smiling because I feel like I could never say this, but it's how we feel, right? Oh, what? What? That it it I mean it is a lot of the anyways you continue you go on <laughs> no i think that 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 that's the unfortunate thing is that we used to have like the nielsen um like census so they used to do focus groups where they hired people they would hire a doctor and a lawyer they would hire people for the afternoon to get their opinion so you got a sample of society mm -hmm. but now we look at the comment section of a sample of society for how oh, society feels yeah. but it's really only one kind of person yeah. who's there so then it, it gets a really skewed perception of what's actually happening. My question, 100%. how often do you comment on the video? Under a video? Yeah. Never. How often do you comment under the video? If I don't know you, never. How often? Yeah, if I don't know you, probably never. Do you, do you know, I've seen the healthiest people never comment. You got nothing yeah. to say. They never comment. Yeah. They they never comment. The furthest they did was gonna send that video to a friend or something. Yeah. That's the furthest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But look at this. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then move on. The healthiest people never comment. The unhealthiest. Oh, they they comment for days. I'm afraid of saying this because I'm like, that's the people watching now. So Of course. But yeah. but but like that's what's going on. Yeah. And so what I've seen going on in a lot of the issues is these are the people who are who are reiterating the narratives. So for the, the men ain't shit club, there's so many women who are at the bottom. Who they will they will for days talk about how men ain't shit, men ain't they love they love those posts, they love all that stuff. They re, they perpetuate these messages and it's and it's and it's and they're loud. Mm -hmm. And then in the the women ain't shit club as well. There's so many guys. Oh man, they they love it. And so I'm seeing that's one of the things that are going on. It's not necessarily things are not getting better or they're getting worse, but the people who are the loudest are the people who are hurting the most. Yeah. And that's something I'm seeing really negatively affecting us as a society. Mm. Interesting. 100%. Yeah, because yeah. like even with the, like going back to feed, say like the happy people, that's why I feel like, you know, the social media, it's, it's really skewing a lot of things in the wrong way because those happy people are in your community. Mm -hmm. Like people need to get outside and get off the internet. Stop watching YouTube videos, even though you know we do we do well. <laughs> right, yeah. But at the same time, I want you to go out there and experience life because they yeah. are real happy, healthy couples that are doing good yeah. in your community today. Yeah. But you are only focusing on the loud voices that may not be the best example because mm. it's online, and that's mm. what we're in right now. Yeah. So it's just like I I want people to go live outside and go experience rather than just sit back and watch and then just see. Okay, this is life. Let me complain about. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know the freedom that you gave me the last conversation that we had? And this is what this is reminding me of because you're saying the things that we technically can't say as people who are, our livelihood is supported many times by yeah. unhappy people mm. who binge and binge and binge, yeah. right? So it, it, the people who dip in and out, and I have a lot of dip in and out people like, oh, I saw you 10 years ago. I saw you here. And I, and I hear their stories and they, they have full lives, right? Mm -hmm. So it is the people who have the time to like follow and watch everything and consume that 
you, you don't want to piss that person off because you have a dynamic with them. And so what you said to me is that we have to really beware of listening to thought leaders who are incentivized by a system. Mm-hmm. Um, like we are incentivized by a click system. We yes. are incentivized not just to share opinions, but to share interesting opinions that are going to get a follow through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when I really shifted my perspective to, I'm actually not here to give advice because you told me that beautiful story of you asked a therapist, I think about what he would say to something. And he said to you, I wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I would listen to that person for 10 more hours. Yeah, Dr. Mm-hmm. Peterson. Yeah. yeah. And so was Jordan Peterson? Yeah. What, who's he listened to for 10 hours? Was he just saying anecdotally or? No, he's like a clinical psychologist. Yeah. He has personal one-on-one clients. Yeah, you didn't know that? He, sto- he, he stopped, but that was, that was. Oh, he stopped. He's yeah. Fi- he's 57, but the first 20 years, that's all he had. Oh, I thought you were talking to a practicing uh, psychotherapist, but that's interesting okay. too. Yeah. That's also yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That to be said. He just stopped three years ago when he got famous. That's yeah. when he stopped. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, hey, oh my God. Okay. I'm not hating on it. I just, you know, I thought it was an obscure <laughs> oh, therapist. Okay. Oh, no. So I th- but only because Make you're, your he was somebody who's also part of our system. Yeah. So I'm like, he's also part of the incentivized culture. Yeah. So yeah. I, that just, it changed the skew of it. But it's the same because yeah. to your point, yeah. he did have a, a private practice. But nonetheless, like, yeah, it, it takes people to have the courage to say what you're saying, to know that it could mess with their business. A hundred percent. But yeah. see, my thing is you have to worry about the greater good in people because we, like you said, on your side that you have women go out and live full lives. We have men that listen to us that was at the bottom, get their girl, get their life, get their family. Ain't never heard from the men ever again because yeah. they got what they want. They got the message, got the healing, they got yeah. their girl, they got their family, chunk deuces. I'm like, go brother, go thrive yeah. because that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just stay in an uh, area and just be right there. You need yeah. to move forward and, and push through life. You know? Yeah. I love Shan's point because I've been having that conversation about the incentivization structure of today's media. And a perfect example, if you really think about it, is CNN. Mm. At one point, CNN was most people considered objective news. Mm. People were like, yo, if this is for, on CNN, this is a fact, right? Mm. Then all of a sudden, what happened? Donald Trump got elected. And then CNN realized something really quickly. The more we talk about this guy, the more money we get. Mm. So now the system wasn't incentivized to tell the news. It was incentivized to make a profit. And he was the best person to give a profit to where story after story after story after story after story was all about him Mm. to the point where there was a lot of truth in there. But then when you have the lies just for profit, that affects your messaging. But then eventually, guess what happens? Then you alienate all the people who want objectivity, and now the people who are there, all they want is a carnage. Yep. Mm. Yes. And now because they're there, now that now your system is filled with the, those who want the carnage, and to keep the profit going, you have to feed those clients. Exactly. Yes. And so to me, I've seen that's one of the things that's happened where, honestly, we've lost a lot of money. Yeah, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, like we've lost a lot of money even recently by doing, even taking it up even more than last time we talked, because I realized, yo, there's there's messages that I personally like, but I know that that nuanced kid at the bottom, if he watches me say that video, like that video we talked about, I removed it. I believe it's true, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I removed that video because I know the people at the bottom take the message the wrong way and they apply it in ways that I'm not trying to tell you to apply. Mm. And um, this one guy told me that what you teach in ex- what you teach in moderation, those who follow will do in, in, in excess. Mm. And so it's just something where I, I see that that's one of the things that are constantly going on, especially I can be honest in the men's space. 
where there's a huge incentivization structure not to provide solutions but to provide but to magnify the problem mm. if i did a video called five things to look for in a wife that video might get me a hundred dollars but if i look do a video called the five worst kinds of women Oh, that's easily five thousand dollars. Easily, go crazy. Easily five thousand dollars. And 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 I, I I was working on the video. I haven't put it out yet, but I showed in that video that I removed. I made seven thousand dollars off that one video. Then we do another video. It's like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. If I'm twenty two years old doing YouTube content, what? And I have really no values or principle. What am I gonna do? You're gonna do that for the money. And it's it's um, it's interesting because it's it goes down to a place where. Do we evolve with our audience? Can we like challenge our audience to evolve with us? You know? Yes, and, you and, have to. And then yeah. it gets to a point where it's like, I think anybody who stays the same or keeps hitting that button. Of, well, that's why they're selling suits, not t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> that too. But you know, if you keep hitting that button, eventually the society will move on from it. And now you're just known as a stick. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to make long-term money. Jerry Springer. And so I feel like the if you're setting up as a kid, if the kid is watching who's like, I'm going to keep hitting that button, that $7,000 button, you're not setting yourself for long-term success. I mean, I guess to his point, though, Jerry Springer's been on for a long time. And CNN, you can be very successful at that. I think it's draining. I think even Kevin was talking about now he's in a place, he talked about the, the Nicki Minaj interview. I'm trying to shift now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, trying to bridge because it gets exhausting right. from a personal standpoint. Like and I, how many of those 22-year-old kids are going to have that, that stamina to continue to go? Yeah. And I think if you're going to set yourself for long-term success, you have to evolve in front of your audience. And your audience will, the people who fall off, fall off. Mm-hmm. But you're making yourself available for a new audience. You're making yourself available for people who are ready to receive it. And that's the audience that I want to build. I don't want to build an echo chamber. I want to build a, a, an audience that is e- evolving, you 100%. know? What, like, let me throw this at y'all. What about like these creators that are doing those things, but they have the right intentions in their head? Mm-hmm. Even though the message, we may not agree with 100%, but they feel like they are doing the right thing because all of their followers, what they're hearing, what, what, like, you know, what, they're, what they're saying to mm-hmm. them, they feel like they're doing something right. Mm-hmm. So in their world, they're doing something right. They need to help. This is a problem that needs to be solved. So if their intentions are good, how do y'all feel about that? I personally feel like there's stages for everything. And so it comes from the individual consumer standpoint, because you're always going to go through the phase of the Jerry Springer desire. I want to see people whose lives are worse than mine, or I want to know that I'm not alone in how crazy mm. my life is. Mm. Or I want to be around people who affirm that it's not me. That's never going to go away. So I do think that those creators have a space. Mm. I always talk about this recently because I've been getting involved in these conversations a lot more, obviously of late. And I did a a response to Fresh and Fit. And then I spoke with Kevin and I talked with you guys, but I don't really classify in the same group, but we're having this dialogue. Mm -hmm. I was on a podcast today with a guy talking about this. And so I said, it's actually not what I do. And interestingly, because my book, The Game of Desire, the introduction was three to four pages about that statistics, Mm -hmm. why things are hard. If you're a woman, why it's extremely difficult in this landscape, talking about the golden penis syndrome, talking about the skew of numbers, talking about the culture being more libertine, but that was like four pages. And then there was 314 Mm -hmm. that was like, here's what the fuck you do. Here's the five steps to ensure, because it can feel good. I'm not going to deny that. And it is nice to be affirmed and to be heard and to know that you're not alone Mm -hmm. in some of the mistakes that you've made and how those have made you feel. So I I think that they are necessary. 
And I do think that there can be something altruistic about that. I think as the consumer though, you have to get that and then move on. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. I'm not crazy. So now that I know that, and I know it's difficult for many people, how do I become part of the sum who can overcome these challenges and actually figure out and find what I want? Yeah. I think one of the things I, I truly believe things have gotten better. Um, because of, and this is all feelings, no facts, because I've seen so many guys who found us and have gotten so many better, have gotten so much better. And I know that, you know, the, as much as I don't want to be affiliated with that side of the internet, I know a lot of people classify us as that, but the good part about being lumped in is that at least others who are in those parts can find us as well. Oh, that's a good point. And so to me, I think one of the things is that I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of transformation because eventually there's, there's just people who like to be the victim on both teams. Mm. They just like it. It feels good. Misery loves company. And sometimes it feels good to wallow. Mm. It feels good to t like to whine and complain. Um, and so those people, they will always incentivize the system because like Shan says, who has, who has time to watch four hours of YouTube a day? Yeah. Who has time to watch seven different content creators a day and watch their videos? And a lot of times it's also the younger guys, the younger people who lack perspective, mm -hmm. you know, who are watching all these videos, who are sharing it, who are commenting, who are sharing their opinion. And so I think to me, there's a lot of good happening but the good is not being spotlit. The good is not being highlighted. So all we're being is consumed by the by the negative. Yeah. And and that's one of the challenges that I, I'm seeing going on is okay. One of our goals, especially like why we created the suit company, is how can we highlight and make the good as prominent as the bad. Yes. And that's why I love Gary V so much. Because Gary V is one of those <laughs> Gary V is one of those guys who's obsessed with he said like the la the, the negativity is going to be loud but the positivity has to be even louder mm -hmm. um, and I just think that end of the day there's always going to be people who are going to spotlight what's wrong with men who spotlight what's wrong with women it's always going to be there but if you're able to show a tangible path to success and happiness and to be a testimony for that um, I think that's really what's going to create a lot of change in today's what society. Do you I got a question for you on that. What do you say to somebody, you know, I've went through a space of trying to be that for people, being like, yeah, look, I would have my wild time, but, you know, I prefer it on this side yeah. where it's a healthy dynamic. You know, uh, it's benefited me so much mm -hmm. by making that decision to be self-disciplined and grow. Mm -hmm. But then what I get in return by a men that, you know, are probably in the red pill community or probably mm -hmm. the victim, they say, well, all right, you know what, Jared, but we don't look like you. Yeah. Oh, you know what? But but we don't have the, the ability or can't afford to to accept a lot of the traits that you're trying to teach us. Mm -hmm. And then how do I respond to that? Like, oh, well, I guess that's true. But do yeah. you want to grow or not? So to me, the way I the way I plan on doing it with this especially with the standard is it's easy people will say it's easy for you to say Afiz you're six foot tall yeah easy for you to say Afiz you can put on muscle easily so let me show you him who's five foot three yeah what's your excuse now oh you're black and all the black guys are in he's 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 Asian yeah he's south he's southeast Asian yeah what is your excuse 
oh, well, you guys have these jobs. Well, he's actually a teacher. Look at what he is. So what I've realized is the goal now is to show all the men and use the platform I have to spotlight the other guys who, who tap in whatever excuse you got. I'm going to find it. Yeah. I'm going to choke that shit out. Mm. And I'm, and I'm going to find that excuse and I'm going to show you somebody who's thriving in the, uh, I mean, despite whatever excuse you have. Mm. And so I think what, what's happened so much in the space is that, like I said, I am a reason why my, I love my dad so much. My dad is a hall of fame practitioner of life. Content creators are hall of fames communicators. So they're really good at communicating, but communicating and being a practitioner is two different things. There's a lot of guys, a lot of people who could really teach skiing, but they may not be the best skiers. And a lot of people were amazing skiers. They couldn't teach it. And so there's a lot of people today who are in amazing relationships, who are really happy and healthy, doing well. They may not be the best teachers, so they're not on YouTube. They're not doing videos. They're not doing TikToks and reels and all that stuff. But it's my job to spotlight and highlight those individuals who are not the best communicators with my message and my platform. And that's one of the ways I'm going to choke out all of these guys' excuses. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. yeah, that's good. I mean, because that's a big thing that I hear all the time is the the excuse route, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, he, he got this, or he's tall, or he's yeah. that. And so I'm just kind of like... I think you also have to make that switch for yourself, though. There's growth versus ego and sometimes we're in an ego protection state yeah where we just want to feel like it's not me mm -hmm. but then you get to a place where you're hungry for it to be you because that's the point that you know that you can change your outcome it's in your control yeah because yeah. you're in control of yeah. the output so we know i've gone through that in my own life there's mm -hmm. times where i needed to feel like it wasn't me and then there was times where i was like please god let it be me because mm -hmm. if it's me then I have something that I can do to change things because I'm not happy with how things are right now. Yeah. He's like, I'm, you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, with the people that continuously consuming those content and they're not even doing anything. It's like, at least, at least try to go work out mm -hmm. and get yeah. in shape and see if you feel better. Yeah. At yeah. least diet and see if you feel better. All right, let's see if go gain a skill, learn how to build a business. Let's just see if your life turns better. That's you, you've been doing what you've been doing for your whole life. Yeah. You need to do something different. So you got to get, like, they had to change their mentality to the point where, you know what? I'm not going to accept this anymore. Let me actually try to do something different. Your out in the outcome will be different. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, they have to get to that point. Just like what, mm -hmm. what Shane said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And so an, another thing that, ah, man, where do I want to go now? There's two ways I want to go. I think I'm going to take this direction. So another thing that I saw that was, that was being done incorrectly in the space is the general generalization of issues. Mm. So for example, let's say I'm sick and I'm and I'm throwing up. I go to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, you have a spleen issue. You need to get your spleen removed, whatever it is. I'm like, okay, bet. I get my spleen removed, things are good. So he starts throwing up. I'm like, oh, it's, it's your spleen. Get it removed. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but I just got a stomach flu, man. Maybe just ate some, something bad. Yeah. It's yeah. easier fixed than that. Yeah. So what's happened is somebody shares, a woman would share, oh, dating today sucks. And dating today sucks for her because she might meet a lot of men who are great, but she's not attracted to them. So it sucks that they're great guys, but they're not attractive. So she would just say dating today sucks. Put just do a a, a a quote or tweet, whatever it is. Talk about her friends. Like, yeah, it sucks. It's hard out here to date. 
but that's what she's describing. Then somebody else who has a different problem where she might be living in a city like a place in New York where she might go to a, a school, a liberal arts school where it's 70% women and 30% men and dating for her sucks because dang, I'm in a space where there's no guys. I'd be any guy I would love, but there's no guys here. Mm. So they don't realize that each issue is personalized. And so what I loved about Jordan Peterson's comments was he was basically saying there's a thousand reasons why you're single. One of them could possibly be, be there's something wrong with the other gender. But not a 99.99% of the time, you're not, that's not you. But for 0.01% of people, yeah, it's, it's just no good people around you, sure. But what's happened is everyone has latched on to that one excuse. Hmm. And that causes you to not have any accountability for all the 999 possible things that could be attributing to your failure that is in all your control. And so that's one of the things I saw consistently happen between the men and the women is that when people are talking about this struggle, I'm like, yo, the struggles are different. In America, when I say, oh, bro, today sucks, it's different than the people in Afghanistan who yes. are saying today freaking sucks. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I think lacking that perspective and understanding makes people feel like dating is so horrible when it's like, no, there's just so much nuance that we just don't have the opportunity to listen and to be able to understand. Yeah. And do you think that's an individual job on on the gender? Like men need to just go to come together and say, what do we need to do to do to make ourselves better? And then women go to what do we need to do yeah, to make yeah. ourselves better? Yeah, I, I think. I but think even then, I think more on an even specific level, it's less about like what do men and what do women is what do I? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love I love where both of you are going, because I think what men need to do is get five friends, Eddie, Jerry, Chris. Honestly, I'm struggling, bro. What is one piece of advice you think I can do to become better? Mm. We saw how that went on your podcast. Yeah. Change yeah. nothing, bro. Yeah, be that's... yourself. Be honest. Let's let that die. Yeah. Let that die. <laughs> we, we, just for full context, we <laughs> had somebody come on and I felt alone because I was the only one challenging. And then the other guys were kind of like, you're good, bro. Well, I think that's, I, and I said this to you that it reminded me of what myself and my friends might have used to do. Mm -hmm. And so, and maybe we still do. So I don't even know if it's about going to your friends. Well, you may have to, the reason why one of my favorite philosophers was Elaine de Botton. He said, you have to go to your ex um, or go to a therapist. Yeah. You have to go to somebody who has no stake in deluding you. Because if you go to your friends, they have a stake in deluding yeah. you because they, they want to your... go to BOA with you later yeah. on tonight. Well, what I yeah. took from and that. And then they want it to be cool. They don't want it to be awkward because yeah. they told you that your breath stinks mm -hmm. or they yeah. told you that you talk way too much. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that yeah. you've got to make, I mean, we're sitting too far. It's not a personal comment. <laughs> in case, you know. No, well, what I took from it was going to your five friends thing. The five friends that you have, you have to know which one you can go to 100%. for that specific advice. You know, I might go to my boy JD about uh, therapy advice. Mm -hmm. He's been in therapy since he was like six years old. He would be able to be like, oh, let me recommend you to this person, this whatever the case may be. I might go to somebody else for relationship advice. I might go to somebody else for career advice. So it's also knowing what friend to go to. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, if yeah, you, you happen to have a friend, I mean, this is, I had this conversation earlier today in the other podcast where I was talking to the guy about uh, to 
feel list rather than a to-do list. Mm -hmm. The big mistake people make in dating is that they're on this to-do. Like, I want to find a boyfriend or I want to move in with somebody. I want to get a dog with somebody. And then you meet somebody and you're like, I'm going to make you my my dog co-parent. And yeah. then I don't even know you yet. And so I'm like blindly bypassing the fact that I'm not enjoying our experience together. I'm not even invested in your enjoyment because instead it's the to-do. So mm -hmm. the to-feel is like, just like literally, like, how do I want to feel when I'm around somebody? And if I don't yeah. feel that way, I'm not going to be around you anymore. And yeah. it becomes that simple. And I was like, what do you want to feel when you're with somebody? He's like, I want to feel respect. I want to feel comfort. I want to feel love. And I was like, what the fuck? These are huge words, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. the problem with going to regular people is that we're not given education in this area. We're not given language or tools mm -hmm. to dissect this area. So a lot of people have very vague, very bad, very anecdotal advice. 100%. Or feel good advice. 100%. Yeah. No, I love that. And, and I love the perspective on it. So two things was, yes, because so many people, it's a typical story, a girl's single, she goes to her girlfriend, what's wrong with me? Girl, ain't nothing wrong with you. They're just, in, you're, they're just intimidated. Yeah, you're you know, too yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you're too good. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. That's yeah. probably the number one thing. Attitude. So, so <laughs> psychiatrists, a person who's actually an expert is great. What Somebody challenged me on this one time um, a couple years ago, and he told me to, to ask your five closest friends if you were going to tell me something that I needed to improve on that's bothered you and you knew I would never respond and I would just listen and it'll be over, what would you tell me? Because mm. a lot of people are afraid of telling something because they don't want to go back and forth or they don't want to hurt your feelings. Say, you will not hurt my, you know, know that you won't hurt my feelings and know that I will, you, I will not respond to anything that you said. What would you tell me? Mm. I did that one of the hardest things ever. And that gives people the opportunity to, because a lot of times it's someone that bothers them. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're your friend, there's someone that, friend too. Yeah, yeah. Someone that bothers them. So I think that that's a good one. But no, I, I love that. I love what you guys are saying. And I think that is the antidote to the suffering. Mm. I think the antidote to the suffering is people seeing good and also people reflecting on how can I be better and people finding trustworthy individuals to cultivate them. Because I, I truly believe that if you improve your life, you improve the outcome. Mm. It, to what degree, I can't say. Yeah. But it's life is very binary where if you're slowly improving, you will improve the outcome. So I think to me, the, the big thing I look forward to is that as all of us begin to improve our lives, it's going to be clear as day. You guys, for the past seven seven years, have been complaining. Look at Jared's life and mm -hmm. look at yours. Yeah. Look at Chris's life and look at yours. Yeah. So the next generation, you tell them, hey, here are the examples. Yeah. You can be Chris, happily married, doing great, great life. You can be Jared, happily married, doing great. Or you can be these other guys who they've been complaining and negative and cynical. And so I think by being able to show people tangible me and Shan talk about the anecdotal stories of like this is what happens yeah and you and you have the ability to choose i think that's what's going to really lead to a lot of change in, in relationships today yeah I, I think a big part of that too is like not just look at jared's life but look at jared's life seven years ago and this actually kind of speaks yeah. to something i got to figure oh, out because i've really i've really fallen out of love with youtube because <laughs> i 
And it, it makes me sad to say that because this was like the platform that really gave me my start, but mm. it's the community there. I don't find enjoyment from my community on YouTube mm. and I've moved over to podcasting and I'm obsessed. I love it. I actually don't read YouTube comments at all anymore. I just, my spirit can't, I'm a mom. Yeah. I can't have three minutes and I check in there and then I read something so projecting, so toxic. But a problem I think I found there is that I started on YouTube when I was single and you know, at a very low point in life. And so a lot of my early audience and when I gained the most following was around that version of me. Yeah. And so as I've grown, I feel like there's a lot of people who are just like uh, really keen to remind me that I'm like, I'm not shit or I wasn't shit or mm. that I'm still not shit. Mm. And so that I think is a difficult thing too of like, if you have that moment where you're like, look at someone seven years ago that we were here and then now we're in very different places, what's different about our processes or what we did in, in that span of time. It's not feeling like, I, I guess I'm kind of on a tangent here, but. No, I know what you're going. I, I think it's interesting. And I think I think that goes back to the the same sentence. It's of, hard though, because I'm sorry to cut you off my love, but I'm just thinking of like Hafiz's that I'm inspired by what you did today mm -hmm. because I don't feel like I can speak honestly to my community yeah. because I need them. Yeah. But I also need them to know that like there's a sector of you who are really fucking not inspiring me. Oh hell yeah. You yeah. You know, and, and with me, I've, I, I, I love doing videos where I'm like, hit the unsubscribe button. I love do delete the Patreon. Unfollow me. I would like, I'm not doing like, I'm not doing this for your likes. People are like, I'm going to leave. Leave. Like, yeah. you're, yeah. you're making me happy. <laughs> With my new channel, I never tell people to subscribe. I don't want people to subscribe. I go on people like, where can they follow you? I'm like, honestly, I don't want people to follow me. I don't care about that. If you want, if you want support, watch the video, do your thing. Don't follow me. I don't need that stuff. And so to me, I, I feel you 100% because that's how I feel about the, a lot of the guys, the men here. I feel I was talking to Chris. I blame. I'm not mad at myself because it was a, it was an honest, true experience that I was going through, and men do struggle. But I know every video about struggles men have that I did that the guys loved reinforced the negativity that was in their hearts. Mm. And like Shan said, we have a lot of people because we we do this new show now where we interview where we bring women and we're trying to have productive, positive conversations between men and women. I've been watching them. Yeah. And we're trying really hard to show that, yo, you, we can be, we can be different, but be kind and respectful. The guys in the comments, I don't go through the comments. Chris does. I found this out recently. Cause I'm a, I'm a different kind of person. I would do a whole video telling them all to unscribe to the channel. <laughs> They're so negative and nasty to the women. Mm. And I'm like, bro, you got to incentivize what you want to see more of. Mm. That's one of the things I try to do. They're not, no one's perfect, but incentivize what you want to see more of. But these negative, nasty guys, I'm like, why would they want to come here and be kind and be positive if they're, if they know when you go on a roommate's channel, all these men are going to call you names and send you nasty DMs. I ran into a girl who was on her show. She was like, all these guys were sending me these nasty, rude DMs. I was, I was pissed. And Chris had to call her personally and apologize. It's and ridiculous. so, to me, hmm. I feel you, but I'm not a slave to money. Hmm. You yeah. know, unfortunately, you have a not unfortunately, but fortunately, you have a kid, so life is a little bit different than you. But man, I can go back to my parents' house. That's how I started this God Thing podcast. Yeah. yeah, and so and so to me, I'm. That's the one thing people know for a fact. I am not a slave to the money, 
And I I would love to see 490,000 subscribers get to 200,000. I would love to see. I'm see I would I I would challenge you to take it all the way down to 20. I would love it cuz then I know the people who are here are positive, uplifting, encouraging. So I feel you 100%, Shan. There's yeah, you so do too much work. People. I think it's uh, what I see a lot of people do is they stay on YouTube. Yeah. And they just keep, you know, giving this one audience the same type of content to to appease so that the money doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, Shan is fortunate enough that she's been able to make it to a space where she's able to still do the content that she loves mm -hmm. and do the content that she wants to the platforms that are listening a hundred percent but we also are aware that like this is a, a massive platform you know kevin described it as like the ultimate platform mm -hmm. right and so he's like it still has the most power over anything else and yeah. so i acknowledge that space and i also feel um like a sentimental debt to this space and so yeah. i'd like to figure it out and i'm inspired and i was inspired when i spoke to you last time and i am inspired by where you're at now as yeah. i as i always am yeah yeah it's interesting because like i feel and maybe because when I started on putting my opinion out there on YouTube, it was like, take this with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And I don't think a lot of people, when they come and hear me say something that's wild, I think I've set a, a pretty good precedent that I have open ears mm -hmm. and they can, I've kind of taught the audience how to communicate to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't really get as many outlandish comments as I used to. You, you also know? have the benefit though of you guys have doing this for like a year. Yeah. So that's a newer audience. I've been on YouTube since 2012. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. if you've been on for a year, then you can educate people based on who you are today. That's true. So that's like true. for me, it's a, a re-education and there's something lovely about having people who are like, I've been here with you since. Mm -hmm. But many of those since people, we would never be in the same room today. Well, there's an and not, I'm not saying that from like a social economic standpoint. I yeah. just mean we have don't have similar values. We don't have similar interests. Yeah. We're not at the same places in life. We don't care about the same things. We don't eat the same kinds of foods. Like what you love and what you consume, the TV shows you watch, I don't watch. But yeah. what binds us together is is history. But that history is my history and it's still your present. And mm. there might be some begrudgingness about that. So that's where it gets tricky. And like, yeah, you have to get to a place where you're willing to say, I'm, I can't appease anymore mm -hmm. this feeling because you've got to move on yeah and if you don't you got to definitely move on from me a hundred percent i want to have a conversation with you shan about female sexuality <laughs> <laughs> because i have all these theories and ideas in my mind that i felt like i had to wait for shan to talk about this with so um my wife watched your video with um, that you did about um, responding to Fresh and Fit about Congratulations. the. Congratulations! Uh, <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. you, you dropped it like that, like just, well, what, his what? people know. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So I kind of okay. drop it in real quick and like keep it going. <laughs> but uh, isn't it nice to say? Do you yeah, like yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's cool. I love I, saying my husband. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I say it to myself just out of, and it's a silly thing, but yeah. I love, I love being your wife. Yeah, hey. yeah I really love it. <laughs> So she watched a video with Fresh and Fit and you were re, uh, responding to the, the whole concept about uh, women cheating and things like that. And and there's a lot of layers I want, I'm interested in talking about, but I want to I wanna go backwards bef before we really um, start with this conversation. How often would you say a woman, and from your experience, all feelings, no facts. This segment is all feelings, no facts. In your experience, how often do you say a woman sees a man? 
That's a good tagline. All feelings, no facts. I got it from Andrew Schultz. Andrew, I got it from you guys. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Oh, he gave you guys a shout out. You know that. Oh, uh, yeah. And I then Jared yeah. uh, Jared showed me that. He was like, like shout out the roommate. Yeah. Like, do you know what flagrant is? Yeah. Do you, do you <laughs> understand? Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. But, uh, uh, they, they got it, so I didn't get it from them. Um, so how often do you, would you say a woman sees a man and is so attracted to him, she's willing to sleep with him the same day. I have to give a fact, not a feeling, because this is where this goes to, okay. that there's a book that's called What Women Want by Daniel Berger, and the entire point of the book is that what he learned is that the social clouds and distorts the biological. Mm-hmm. So the, a basic test that they did is they had women who were hooked up to PPG scans and also women had a self-report. They watched porn, and many women reported that they did not feel turned on by the porn, but their PPG scans showed something very different. Yeah. Hmm. And they had everybody do it. So they had all genders do it. Um, and they actually found that many women were attracted to the most wider range of porn. Yeah, the animal so the, stuff and yeah, all those things. Yeah. Yes, I the bonobos. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, that popular yeah, bonobos yeah, yeah, experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. nonetheless, that is to say is that many people have been socialized to deny those feelings and deny those biological responses that they might have to somebody. Yeah. So how often does it happen? Probably a lot less because we've been told men think about sex every six seconds. Men are more visual. Men mm. like porn. Women don't. So yeah. as a result, when I see a man, how often do I see a man? This is the thing. I can say from a personal, from my feeling standpoint, when I see a man, I think I would love to make out with him. Yeah. But I also know that there's no make out body count. Yeah, yeah, and I've yeah, known yeah, that my yeah. whole life. Yeah. So even if I didn't inherently know that I was adopting this, a part of me was like, what's the socially acceptable way for me to express lust for somebody? Yeah. Mm. My makeout count is through the roof. <laughs> Jared and I talk about this. I'm a makeout queen, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. My body count, not as much. There was yeah. a time in my life I woke up every day and thought about my body count. Yeah. Every single day I would think about the number. <gasps> Today, I probably, I'd probably have to give you a range. Yeah, like yeah, I have to yeah. think about it really. So yeah. I've been able to make those leaps. That to be said that I do believe that many women experience sexual desire, but socially they don't want to allow themselves to feel that. So they process it as a different emotion. Wow. I I agree. So I think that layer of the conversation is rarely talked about because I, I think for, for a lot of men, they're not fully aware of all these social pressures that inhibit their, the, this female sexuality yeah. Um, and <laughs> you get it? You just wave at me if it's going bad yeah. over there. Okay. <laughs> a lot of men are not aware of the social pressures. And so I, I, I think the first part was that a lot of men feel like women never experience that. So going back to the arguments, well, a woman can't just meet a guy and cheat because in their brains, they've never, they think women can never experience that simultaneous, instantaneous attraction where it's like, Oh, I'm so attracted to this. <laughs> <laughs> Little hiccups. Get all the distractions. <laughs> Kept her with Crane. <laughs> no problem. Um, so um, men are not really aware of that. And so that's one of the things I was very interested in. And in just like understanding about really getting how women feel. And so that men can kind of have this un- un- healthy perspective about the differences between both genders. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a thing that's it's not helpful to have this belief system that their woman can't experience sexual desire off of the visual or off of something more than just an emotional attachment, right? Mm-hmm. So because emotions ebb and flow, right? And sexual natural sex drive 
may ebb and flow, but it's not as uh, temperamental as yeah. feelings and emotions. Yeah. So it's not actually to anyone's benefit to subscribe to this system. Yeah, mm. that's a really interesting conversation because what I realize is for women, it happens, but it rarely happens. And for men, it happens content like consistently. But it's not that it never happens. It just rarely happens. So I'm curious, all feelings, no facts. If there was like a hundred attractive guys, the average woman, how many of them, if there was no social inhibition, how many of them would, how many guys would they want to sleep with the moment they saw him? Out of the hundred? Yeah. Um, I think they would know. I don't know if they would act on it. Yeah. I think they would know. Yeah. I think there would be a, a high percentage of women. They, they, they have the same anatomy. Yeah. It's been socialized to say, oh, well, if I have these sexual desires, then what do they call it? The uh, Madonna and, and you know what I'm saying? So there's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's this social pressure to make it seem as if I don't desire sex only from a husband. Mm -hmm. But they have those desires as well. And in fact, women are the only, uh, they have the, a body part that is only solely for pleasure. Mm -hmm. Men don't have that. We have other functions with our pleasure parts, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they have a body part that the only thing that clit does is give them pleasure. Yeah. Nothing else. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, don't, they don't know what it does other than pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. why would they not have a desire to yeah. pleasure? Yeah. Right? So I just feel like it's been socialized. Yeah. And I think a lot of women, they know yeah. when they see a man, yeah. if they would like to have sex with him. I want, I want <laughs> other percentage in your opinion. I think it's like I'm at my work around a lot of very attractive men. Um, and I'm like, what percentage of those would I want to sleep with? Um, so that's like what I'm doing on a feeling basis. But if How about, I, is, what, what about this? What is the percentage of them would they think to themselves, I would sleep with? Not maybe I don't I think want you to, would but... pick one. If you're given a, mm. a selection, I don't care if it's five or 5,000, you're going to pick the one. Yeah. Mm. But I think that's a socialized response. Um, it's interesting because I spoke with Rachel Lindsay from The Bachelorette mm -hmm. and we we're talking about the fantasy suites where you have these back-to-backs. So you have three men that you chose in the end and you have back-to-back -back overnight dates with them. Mm. And then I was like, well, what happens in these like fantasy suites? She's like, sex? Yeah. And I was like, it's like one after the other. And she's like, you got a day in between. Yeah. And I was like, how fun, a right? You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. these are people that you've made this connection with. You whittled it down from 27 dudes and like you're at this space, you have all this sexual attention and it's natural to act out on it in that way. Yeah. But there's so much judgment around the bachelorettes who do choose to exercise that, but the man, it's almost like a no brainer. Why would you yeah. not do that? So yeah. I have a hard time with this question because I don't know if we're at a place. Cause even somebody like myself who has just done so much dismantling and done so much research around what actual female sexual drive is. I still can't tell you that I would have sex with every dude I find attractive because yeah. I'm still, one, I'm married, and yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, but... Yeah, you gotta worry. Give them the percentage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't say I want sham percentage. I said... If, you, if I was to create an average... I feel like the average woman... Out of 100 woman, guys. I don't care what the number is. I feel like no matter what you presented them with, they were going to pick one. I know they'll pick one, but I'm saying... I guess what I'm trying to say... If they knew that they weren't going to be judged, and there was nothing that came with it, and that... One of the guys that they really liked out of the hundred wouldn't be like, yeah, but you fucked the other ninety-nine. Yeah. I believe that they would choose eighty. Mm -hmm. Eighty See, out of hundred. I think what's happening is here is that it, it's it's 
such obvious of what that social pressure can do yeah. to the psyche, right? And I think what's happening here, when you hear the question, you combine it with actually having sex. Yeah. Mm. When the question is just, like, guys would answer that question. Like, if I saw an attractive girl, if someone asked if I wanted to have sex with her, I would probably say, And so it's not about the actual act of yeah. doing it. Yeah. It's you know just the desire. Hanging me up is that, like, penetration is different to me than, like, if you said if there was 100 attractive dudes and all of them were willing to give you oral sex, which is my sure shot way of having an orgasm, mm -hmm. I would say 100, you know, no mm. issue. With penetration, there's something in that that... It has to do with chemistry. It has to do with compatibility. And also there's an act of service in that yeah, yeah. Um, because my primary, primary pleasure part is not necessarily being engaged. So yeah. that's a different spin on things. But yeah, if there's a hundred very attractive people and they're all somebody I'm sexually attracted with, I don't have a conversation with them. And all of them are like, I want to perform an act for you that's going to result in orgasm. Yeah. I can't see why I wouldn't be like, yeah. well, can you guys answer? What's your answer for that? For men or women? For men, like a hundred. What do you think, Chris? I mean, yeah, if, they, if there's a hundred attractive women, I mean, you ask me wh which ones would you, you know what I mean? It's hundred out of hundred, but if they are attractive. If they're attractive yeah. and I am sexually attracted to them, yeah. I don't think it's wrong to say that you would. Yeah, yeah like you said, it's a desire. Because you're mean not, like the actual we're act. We're not talking about the self-discipline act. Yeah. We're, not we're not talking about, talking about the devotion act. Exactly. We're not talking about uh, uh, if I had a girlfriend, would I just leave her and yeah. sleep? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's only off of what does your biology tell you that you want to do? Exactly. Yes. That's you know? all it is. Yes. Smash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's, that, I think that part of the conversation is, is missing. It's going to lead to other stuff, but that part of the conversation is missing because when you understand that about women, I think what happens is it's so rare. That's the difference. And that's the part I think leads to a lot of dating issues and dating frustrations. Yeah. Because for, I would argue the average woman is attract attractive enough just being to where the man is attracted to her. But mm. I would argue, I'm curious to your thoughts, the average man is not attractive enough for a woman to just want to sleep with him the moment he sees him. I want to, what are your thoughts? Yeah, about I mean, that? women have so many more tools to create the allure of attractiveness or to mimic attractiveness, whatever that is, you know, conceived at the time in society. Yeah. So yeah, by virtue of that, I think there's more women who would fit into the bracket of attractiveness or know what to do to get into that space where men, you have limited options and also many men have limited motivation to do that. Yeah. So. Now, what if these hundred guys was all over six, four? I had a little thought when you were talking, Shan, what's interesting is that I think that because there has been a social conditioning that the less, partners that you have as a woman makes you more valuable i think what's happening is that you might have a desire to sleep with somebody and then your instant next checklist is does he fit other characteristics that i would want out of a partner where men we don't have the same that's social conditioning no, that's don't. like telling you if i have right. a lot of sexual partners then i'm not valuable we actually get the opposite, opposite. Yeah. and so we don't go through that next checklist of would i sleep with her or not we just go she attractive cool Done. Yeah, but I think really women have one. another layer that they go through before they actually hit the. How many sexual partners have I had? Uh, I don't know. What? Do you, you have got? no idea? I'm gonna guess eight, ten, twelve. Okay. Yeah. It's somewhere. I mean, I just didn't know if you even knew. I no, don't. I, I mean, I don't know. to say that he's Jared's the first person I've ever dated before who I genuinely mm. did not care and genuinely did not have the belief system, and that was so radical to me. Mm. You so, didn't care. 
Um, no, that you didn't care. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the first, you're the first person, the first man I met who was like that. So Yeah, I didn't ask the question. Yeah. I didn't really uh, care. I, I, yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm yeah. not asking yeah. and I don't want to know. Yeah. And I don't care. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean? don't it, tell it, me. Dude. You know, I, I mean? only for me it was like my number's bad, so I I I don't even want you to ask me that question. We're not gonna ask that question. Now we're cut. And so this now here's where it gets interesting. I would argue so from that point. I will then describe that one of the, the nuances to modern relationships is female sexuality being unleashed. Mm-hmm. I would argue in the past, sexual desire was not correlated to romantic partner. Mm. Provider, we can marry him. Like, oh, he's good enough. You can marry him. Because of all the societal reasons, sexual desire was not coupled to partnership. Now, for a lot of women, sexual desire is included, mm-hmm. if not primary like yes. men are to mm. partnerships yeah. now that creates a disconnect because now men are like if you were a man back in the day you didn't have to be a guy that turns her on mm. you could just be a guy who has a job she would have married you now as a guy you got to turn her on and have a job and mm. perform Hey, if you don't perform well, it's you, like you don't have some problems. There's too many toys out there. You can replace <laughs> real quick. Oh, I was having you. this conversation. I was talking to Kevin that I was like, "What's unfortunate that's happening?" Because I'm in the sex ed space, and so I take classes. I'm a part of dialogues. I'm still in school for it. So mm-hmm. I see who's showing up in the classroom, and it's a ridiculous gender ratio, mm-hmm. absurd, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the last course I took was like a justice framework course about shifting your sexual attitudes, it was 100% women. So that to be said is that you're only having half the people show up for the discussion. Women are doing work in liberation. They're doing work in toys, right? Like women bought so many sex toys over the pandemic. So they're learning about their body, learning with themselves. And so when I'm seeing the conversation happen, arise around women's body count all of a sudden, I'm like, is this a reaction to women having more knowledge and men being like, I need you to have less because I'm not willing to learn more. I'm not willing to put myself in a position to be more. So I want to limit your exposure instead of me rising to the occasion. Kevin told a story of a, a guy who was like, I don't want to be with a woman who's had multiple partners because I don't feel good about my body. So I don't want her comparing me to 20 other dudes. Yeah. And so that's not speaking to your, the reason that you're wanting to limit or have a woman with less is because you just don't want the comparison competition. I've, I've noticed that when it comes to a lot of the, the struggles that, you know, a lot of the guys are experiencing and the women are experiencing is that for a lot of guys, it's, it's, it's very hard to compete in general with other individuals. And I think that's, especially for the people at the bottom, you know, I think what has happened is that a lot of a lot of men are really struggling with some of what Shan was talking about in regards to that feeling of inadequacy, because these are just things that you you weren't you really weren't taught because you didn't have to know them. Your dad did not have to or your grandpa did not have to learn these skills. So these new skills are now things that men are having to learn and they're feeling like, oh, it's too much to have to know these things. And I, and I see that's one of the things that's really affecting, um, you know, a lot of the dynamics because yeah, I see your brain. Yeah. 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 Well, well, it's interesting because I, when I hear that, you know, when, when, you know, Shan told me what Kevin said, I was like, there has to be 
what I've gained when I was having sex, well, I'm still having sex, but when, <laughs> I, when I was younger and I was having sex, I entered those sexual experiences wanting to learn that woman's body. I cared about her pleasure. And so, but that's why you ended up marrying a sex expert, but, right? But, but, that was, but no, <laughs> to you, no, but it was very my experience with you sexually. I was looking for a fuck buddy when I started. Like, I was literally auditioning dudes, making out, trying to see like who I was sexually compatible with. And Jared was a learner, and you were authentic. But that is not the common experience. But what the, so what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> if you're a guy who's insecure about your performance in the bedroom, if your person that you want to have sex with has multiple partners, and you're like, I don't want to be compared. Don't go in there thinking that you're gonna be Mr. Porn Star. Yeah, Don't yeah, go cool. in there thinking that you about to go put it down. Yeah. Go in there being like, I wanna learn what you like. And I promise you, every girl, no matter how many sexual partners she has, she's gonna be like, I am excited for this experience. And regardless if you, one minute man, regardless if you don't really know one how to put it man. down, mm -hmm. if you're listening to what she likes and you actually have an authentic place of wanting her to feel good, you're going to be good in bed. Yeah. They need to do that regardless because yeah. if you're gonna be in a relationship, you need to learn how to love that person. But you also gotta back that up with knowledge and information. Like it's it's the both, right? It's the school and then it's the internship, right? You you learn the knowledge, you learn the raw tools, and then you go out there in the field and then you practice them. So mm -hmm. the practical information part has to be learned. I know this from our sex life and that if I, we work together, so if we do a project, we did a project together on, um, for Playboy, that was all about female ejaculation and you know, female sexuality. And your sex game improved drastically. Because I was researching. Yeah. Right, that's all the different spots. Yeah, you so that yeah. spot, there was a spot, there, there was yeah. all these different There's spots. There's a mixture of being curious and being a learner and being a leader. Mm. And that you have to strike that balance that's and that good. it takes humility for both. So. Yeah. Yes, be a curious lover, but then also get a fucking book. And yeah. Exactly. Even to like Jared's point, if you learn and you get better, it, when you when you put it down in the bedroom, it does something to you and your confidence. Sex is ego. I'm telling you. So it's like, Pardon why me. not learn how to be well in there? It's only going to make you more confident, have a better ego. And then also, you know what I mean? Your woman ain't going to want to leave you. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to have to, she like, hey, listen, I, I got some new tools. You don't want to throw me back out there. <laughs> throw me back out The whole spot, what you trying what to you do? do? <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. And um, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of forgot a little bit oh, about what man. I was gonna gonna go with. You started this. reminiscing on something. But here's the last. Here's the last conference I want to have. What I've noticed is this: uh, am amongst female sexual liberation, there's a lot of great things, but there's also not a lot of, to me, honesty about the whole story. And you made a great point before where it's like the story isn't always this horrible i'm a drug addict at the end of the story it's not all misery but there's a lot of honesty about the struggles yeah. of these women in these industries i've i've spent a lot of time after we've talked like really sitting down and listening to a lot of these women who are only fans you know sex workers porn stars all that stuff hearing their stories and one of the things they're consistently describing is a struggle with the kind of men that they want taking them seriously mm -hmm. because of what they're doing. My question to you is, have you heard similar things about that? And what are your thoughts about women who are in sex work, OnlyFans to straight up, you know, being an escort who are saying that their struggle is finding partners who take them seriously because of what they've done in their past? 
I'm going to say this is a blind spot of mine because if I do come in contact with sex workers, it would be because they were in the justice framework class teaching. Mm -hmm. It's because they were a 70 year old porn star who found uh, body positivity through it and then was able to like support her family. So like, I don't necessarily, I'm not plugged into the sex work community as a consumer and I'm not attracted to that person. So I think there's a different incentive for a certain kind of man to like want to hear and engage in those stories because their reference point and their touch point with sex workers is very different. Mine is, if it is, it's it's the women who would be naturally in my circle and those are educated and empowered and they're making a conscious decision. It's Erica Lust, the porn director. And everybody, Erica Lust, you know, who's a friend of what ours. A name. <laughs> it's, yeah, but she's a, you know, she makes erotic, she makes erotic content. She makes porn for women, right? She makes and porn, period. And she's married. And then the people who are in her porn, they're also, they also work with her and they're on set and they kind of exchange back and forth and it's a real people and she gets real stories. So my touch point with this is probably not the average experience. And I haven't done the work to hear the other side. I'm not in the strip clubs. So I'm not listening to those women's stories and mm -hmm. they don't consume my content. So we're just not really like, we're missing each other. Okay. I will say this is my probably recent touch point on this. I was on Harry Jousey's podcast and Harry was one of the Too Hot to Handle season one. He was like the it guy. Yeah. Yeah. And as a result, like he dates a lot of women, a lot of escorts, yeah. a lot of women who are in that lifestyle. Yeah. And that's, it's the, the, the judgment's not there because they're living something very similar and yeah. like there's an awareness of it. So all the kind of stories that I hear people from the bottom, which is like a term we're using, I don't, I don't have a better word for it, but yeah. there's a lot of people on the bottom who don't have access to these people who actually don't have sex with them, aren't socializing with them. And yeah. if they are, it's maybe like in a consumer standpoint, yeah. they're telling their stories or they're like projecting their stories, but yeah. These dudes like actually live that life yeah, of yeah. flying around to Dubai and seeing a girl who has to fly out to Miami because she's an escort and then he's she's back with him. And so, yeah, they're to Jared's point, like <laughs> that's the dude who's dating that girl. A hundred percent. And he's going to settle down with that girl eventually and settle down doesn't necessarily mean monogamy. Yeah. Just means like they might build a long term partnership together. And I think right now there's been an influx of, of people understanding that monogamy is not the only choice of relationships. And I think that non-traditional styles of relationships is, is going to be an option that is looked at just as solid as a monogamous relationship. So, you know, it's always interesting because I, I find that like if people started to celebrate non-traditional uh, relationships more then the person who's looking for a monogamous relationship usually will find that person because they won't be looking for somebody who is secretly trying to fit in that box when they should yeah. be in a non-traditional relationship. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yes. Because I'm in the women's dating space and I know women who are thought leaders in this space and we're not really hyper-focused on the sex lives and intimate lives of sex workers. Mm -hmm. But a lot of straight men in the space really are. Yeah. Why? I think what happens is one of one of one of three things. The first thing to me is I just I call it the the ice cream on the floor analogy. When you see ice cream on the floor, how do you feel? It's feel sad. How do you feel, Chris? It, you just you, you wasted something that was good on the floor. Why? Yeah. Why? That's that's how they feel about a lot of them, those women. They're like, it's kind of like seeing, oh man, you could have been this, that, and the third. And so there's, there's this like resentment for the path she's taken. 
It's it's weird because you probably wouldn't have gotten her. She would have been yeah. working yeah. at the library or something. But, <laughs> but yeah, but, but they feel like they know those women because yeah. they consume the content. Yeah, so it's 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 a sad. I think it's a sadness to like the the ice cream on the floor. Yeah, you know? but I think there's a level of like there's a level of of that woman who is comfortable displaying sexuality probably wouldn't be comfortable with being with somebody who is like. I can't be with a woman who is that expressive of their sexuality. Yeah, it's yes. So they wouldn't even be compatible from the jump. My dad always described sex work to me in a way of like, some men are good with their hands, so they get into carpentry. Some women are great with their pussies, they get into sex work. So maybe these people are just naturally more sexual, and as a result, the dude who looks at her as ice cream on the floor. (laughs) Oh, you disagree? I'm sorry. That was a knee-jerk reaction. I totally disagree with that. 100%. But but to me, I, I think I think the the part that is the part that I think what a lot of guys is that they see it as as a role model. They see those women because they're they're the ones with the followers, they're the one with the likes. They see them as role models, and the resentment to them is that they feel like they're they're gonna lead women in the wrong direction. It's an age old practice. It's been around it's tens of thousands or hundred thousands yeah. of years, right? It's one of the oldest professions. So there's gonna be a market of people who wanna do that. And if those that's who's gonna be drawn to that content. I think I when I use sex work, I mean OnlyFans to just to to it all. I think there's also a a draw to for women. I'm very interested in everyone's thoughts on this, but it's a draw because of society, the way it's set up now, there's a lot of women who are engaging in sex work for profit, not for passion. I think I think if you if you do the math, say if a hundred women are engaged in sex work, how many of them is their passion? They just love sex so much. They love to be naked. They love But they love money. But so I would but, but, argue but, that most professions But yeah, I wasn't saying, but the on top of that, it's like it, it's a two layer thing. It goes down to all right. They like money, and then there's a certain level of what they're comfortable at displaying. I don't think anybody who's uncomfortable with their sexuality is getting into OnlyFans. I think they have to have some root desire in there. Or numbness. I think there's also a numbness to life where when you're, I'm not saying all of them are desperate, but when you're desperate, you do a lot of things that when you're healthy, you wouldn't choose. Right. And then that's the argument of like, well, some people might, they probably in a, in a time when there wasn't OnlyFans, they probably would have got with a guy who was pimping them out. Yeah. Got with a guy who, who was, you know, in that scenario. So I think if the argument is, is that they're weak willed and that someone seen having enough money and they would be like, oh, I'm going to do this too. And I don't actually have the desire. I think there is some like, okay, I understand that. But at the same time, I think the person that is willing to do that, that would have shown up in their life in a different area. I agree. Because I think the the expression, because yeah. I see like some women that have OnlyFans is because they feel like their body is art. Yeah. And they want to just show their art. You want to yeah. see my body, see my art? Yeah. You have to pay $15.99 to do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like you say, I think that they have that in them with or without the OnlyFans. And it was gonna show up in their life one way or yeah. another. Monogamous relationship, they gonna express their art in the bedroom. Yeah, and, and you know, going back to your old point of like, I, I I can see the draw that there's like all these women are being successful on here. I might go on there. Yeah, there's there's our women that are yeah. doing that for sure. I, I can see the draw, but then there's like just like coming to your old your point at the top of this episode, like there's almost eight billion people on this planet, like. 
you're gonna find someone who is compatible yeah. to you. It, it it almost reminds me of you know the monogamous person who's bashing the woman who wants to be in an open relationship, and it's like celebrate that these there's these women and now it's made it clear for you as the man who doesn't want to be with an OnlyFans girl it's made it clear to be like you know what i'm not gonna date that yeah i think i think the, hmm. the challenge go, this goes back to like this idea of a contagion in society there's an i some people view certain ideas as like they spread like viruses yeah, yeah. and it goes back to how you view it so for example women posting on instagram provocative pictures yeah is it that women are posting because they genuinely like posting provocative pictures or have we incentivized yeah. posting provocatively so much that now the cultural attitudes are women like to do it yeah like basketball a lot of black americans love basketball yeah is it just because in their hearts basketball is just something natural to them or has it been so celebrated has it been so projected that now their desires and their attitudes and their sentiments no, it's 100 percent that because yeah. you you see that those kind of women get they get branded you can see man you could kim k yeah you see all the, like they took that route and they see they created a whole world yeah. for themselves and and you can see now you don't even have to go that far to you know break it make it you can be the girl that nobody really knew in school and all of a sudden just you got a you got a hundred yeah. you got a brand you got a business you got this yeah, you got yeah. that so yeah it's it's a it's one of those it's kind of like how men if they want to make it to a certain level sell drugs mm. use that drugs money mm. then flip into a business mm -hmm. well women they can do that use that money into sustaining something else yeah and to me i think that's where it's like like nope like it's i truly believe if there's the people whose passion is like, I enjoy sex. And if I can make money and do it, that's great. People who are really passionate about, you know, being naked and all this. People who are, that's true passion, I believe it's a small minority. It's my personal feelings, no facts. But I believe a lot of people are incentivized by the profit structure mm -hmm. to make money mm -hmm. very easily. Yeah. And I think what happens is a lot of men see that profit structure being, because going back to what Shan said, Shan was like prostitution, something that's happened from the beginning of time. But also the prostitute was, you didn't go publicly. She was living in some house over there, and you know it was on the outskirts of the town. So there was this, there was this um, isolation of of that kind of activity. And so to me, I I think one of the uh, one one of the challenges is that um, one of the fundamental challenges of what's going on is a lot of men are feeling like those women are influencing a generation. And they're influencing them to do things that are not productive to the lifestyle that they want to live. Yeah. And, yeah. I no, no, I was going to say, I, I could see that. Um, and I, I definitely accept everything that you're saying. I just think it's like, it's kind of like, it's almost like the, the argument of like, there's just so many women out here. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see... And, and there's a lot the of hot ones. They're usually the good looking ones. That's and, the thing about it. And that too. And yeah. there's, but there's so many progressive men out here. And I guess I understand it's like from the, the guy who's like, I want a monogamous wife. And they're like, I don't want her to be with, you know, have any OnlyFans affiliation. And I can see that. And then you're like, you're thinking you're losing out of one. But there's so many women who are not, are not about it. Yeah. And so it just kind of like, it's one of those arguments that's just like, if I knew a friend who decided he wanted to do do something that I didn't agree with at a certain point. I have to just be like, you know what? Do what you got to do. Yeah. 
the fruits of your labor will come out. You, you know that's, what you're doing. That's true. And and I get to a place where it's just like there is a lot of we're focusing on the um, the gap. Mm. A friend of mine told me about it. Is like what a lot of times humans do is they focus on the gap between instead of like the gain. Mm. And there's a lot of other women out there that are probably in line and compatible to what yeah. you desire. That's not in the OnlyFans. And then there's a part of like you're you're we're just focusing on what we can't have. 100%. You know, and that's just kind of like how I feel about it. Yeah, it, it. It's one of those, you know, but I totally accept it's what you're saying. It's also a bit of laziness started to chime in midway through. But like the thing with that OnlyFans girl being attractive is she's also accessible because she has to market herself. And so she's on social media to the point that you made a lot of the very happy people yeah. and people with full lives are not online. Yeah. Yeah. So that mm. means you got to go find them. You got to yeah. get out of your house. You got to yeah. buy a suit. Yeah. Hey, 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 it's not shaming either or, it's highlighting both. If you're a woman and you wanna be a sex worker and 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 do this, that, and third, here's life that's available for you. Yeah. If you're a woman who wants to be married and be in a monogamous relationship, here's life available for you. And now people have an example of both and good of both is, is being shown to society. <laughs> <laughs> and to and for us to focus in not so much on demonizing what we don't like, yeah. men and, or women alike, but simply focusing on building the life that we want and being happier, so. Exactly. Guys, I enjoyed today's conversation, Me man. Me too. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was really hey. fun. Hey. Where can I just, they find you guys at? Uh, enjoy Jared Brady. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the podcast. Yes. My podcast is my life. It's my baby. You guys are going to be a guest on it. Maybe not today because we got a d dinner date, but um, oh, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. my it's my proudest work that I'm doing right now. I feel it's progressive. I feel it's solution oriented and it's thought provoking and it's really based on this multiple perspectives. Yeah. Every episode has minimum three to five people and different voices in there. So it's called Lovers and Friends. It's available everywhere podcasts are. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So guys, you know how we get down here at The Roommates. Please reach out to Shannon and Jared. Let them know what about the podcast set out to you. My name is Hafiz. Chris the Star of the Show, baby. And we're joined by... Jared Brady and Sham Brady. I almost, <laughs> I almost, gave, you, I almost gave you a stage name. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, oh, I got to give the last name out there. Yes, sir. <laughs> we are The Roommates and... <laughs>